welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio, second Wednesday books and authors show with our friends over at Books Forward. Today, we welcome Dr. Marshall Rungi. He is the executive vice president for medical affairs at the University of Michigan. He's the dean of the medical school and CEO of Michigan Medicine. Uh, He's also the author of what I say, crazy good book. Uh, It is a fast-paced thriller. It starts from page one. It's like, holy cow. That's actually not what I said when I read it. I was like, what? (laughs) What is going on? It's called Coded to Kill. It is out now. Go get it on Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, all those places. Go get it because... um, You'll never think about your medical records the same, right? <laughs> Welcome to the show, doctor. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be on. Well, I'm excited to talk about this. We've actually done a well, I know a lot of people have been doing a lot of this conversation about AI and how, you know, we've talked about, well, for medical procedures, this is a good thing in some ways, some ways. I don't know. It's like uh, self-driving cars, the same kind of feeling, right? Yes. But um, also just for AI to help to go through mass data, right? But if it gets into the wrong place, it could be weird, right? And so that's where your book kind of goes on a crazy joyride with a lot of death. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you know, I, I have to tell you, I've, I'm kind of blown away by the potential power of AI. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it can be, uh, impact our lives positively in so many ways. And in fact, um, we're uh, at the University of Michigan. We're we're testing AI as a way to help some of our uh, doctors and other healthcare providers uh, be able to navigate their, the electronic medical records faster. Um, but okay. the, in the book, the premise is that uh, there is a great new wonder electronic medical record uh, that will interconnect patient records across the United States instantly. And you might say, well, who cares? Well, there's lots of uh, lots of reasons we should care. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, with pandemics or even mm-hmm. the flu, uh, it might be possible to pick up. Well, uh, here's here's a, a note of that in in Durham, North Carolina, where you are today. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, oh no, you're in you're in uh, Lubbock. Uh, we'll be in Durham in a few months, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, uh, so, and and you know, there may be common. Uh, problems with medications or surgical procedures or you name it. Um, so that is that is a goal. That has been a goal of the electronic health records since their inception uh, to eventually get them all hooked up. It's it's difficult now, though, because they're dis- different systems and they just don't connect very well. So this, this would be a system that overcomes all of that. However, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say with that system, just to backtrack for people to kind of almost, it's almost like looking at, um, if you get pulled over somewhere, they can look at your records across the country. So like the FBI has it, your DMV has it. Um, during the pandemic, I remember hearing all these interviews with the CDC talking about like, they really just didn't have the system. So that's why numbers were confusing to people. Did people pass from COVID or was it that they had a, a different condition and then COVID on top of it? So there was this a little confusion, which doesn't really help in the world of politics, but <laughs> we won't go there. But but it's it's true. So it's um kind of that system, right? Just to yes. Be on the, okay. And so your book, though, 
man, this, where did you, where did you learn how to write all like, I know you've done whatever 250 publications, but this is medical stuff. You write a thriller that's like off your, I mean, it's like, I I didn't go to sleep. Uh, well, well, thank you. Um, well, that's the goal. Um, I, uh, uh, I worked on this book for a long time. And so I uh, started because um, it really started with a patient. So I love reading thrillers. And uh, I've done read thrillers for 30 or 40 years. And one day, uh, about 20 years ago, uh, a person came in for a, I'm a cardiologist, came in for a checkup. And he could have been a character out of a John Grisham novel, one of my favorite uh, authors. Uh, he'd been an attorney, but he uh, got in trouble. Then he had uh, substance abuse problems, and he was trying to get his life back. And at the time, I hadn't read any of John Grisham's books. And he, he, we talked a little bit. He said, I'm going to bring you something next time. And he brought me a Grisham book. And I thought, well, this is easy. I'll just write some of those about medical uh, topics. And it turned out, of course, it is not easy. Um, but along the way, uh, I had a lot of people who, oh, I can't count how many people who read early drafts and helped and offer, authored, offered yeah. advice. So, uh, this, this was sort of a, you know, 15 year project. Uh, I think, uh, not if, but when I, uh, work on my next novel, it'll go a lot faster. But, uh, mm. but thank you for your kind comments about, uh, no, I mean, cause I, I'm not done with it, but uh, you did like, I, I really didn't expect it to go so quickly. And so, you know, um, also give you an understanding about this whole, you know, central universe of medical records going into one place, which would be really awesome if that could happen. Like I even think about it as travelers, we battle God, do you know what it's like to if you 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 have to basically go to an ER or a clinic if you don't have if you're not in one place. So there's a lot of us who travel full time as digital nomads. But if your records were central, it would be a lot easier. So I, I was you know, but that's something that has been a goal for a long time. Then for you to you know started this 15 years ago and then get into the story, but no spoilers. Okay, reading it. Um. <laughs> Well, it, it it has been a goal for a long time. And the idea is if you're traveling or if, if I'm, I live in Michigan now, but if I happen to travel to New Mexico and I had um, something happen uh, or an tra- automobile accident or, or anything, go go to an emergency room and they just punch in a few numbers and my age and voila, there's my entire medical record. And they know to start with, oh, this person's on this medication or uh, they're allergic to this medication. Don't give them this oh. medication. So very, very powerful. Um, however, uh, what I became aware of and particularly uh, in the last uh, 15 years or so is I've had uh, more administrative responsibilities is that there is a constant flow of uh, people trying to hack into electronic medical records. So here at the University of Michigan, varies day to day, but we get 50 to 100,000 attempted, uh, you know, illegal entrance into the medical records. Um, and so a huge part of uh, this is uh, cybersecurity and being sure that, you're, that, that your information is safe. There's nothing to me as a person and as a physician, there's nothing more important than protecting your protected health information. And uh, so the, the premise of one of the, one of the ideas of this novel is that uh, someone has figured out with the, with this nationwide electronic medical record, how to access anybody, anytime. 
And you can imagine, I mean, first of all, this is fiction, okay? But but it's not hard to imagine somebody saying, oh, you know, that person, if I looked them up and found something nefarious in their medical record, I could blackmail them. Or maybe they're running for public office or or who knows? Good during election time. Well done. But but it's interesting because, I mean, it goes into people that were just killed off in such unique ways and even going into the medical procedures of knowing that, like, that was weird. Like, that was freaky. That's some freaky stuff you were writing about. Like, honestly. Well, uh, so I I did write about um, how in addition to getting medical information, it would be, it is theoretically possible to manipulate um, the medicines you might receive in the hospital. Uh, so there's this, uh, all hospitals are connected and they're connected digitally. And it's called, it's, it's similar to what's called the internet of things. So everything's connected to everything. And, uh, for example, in a, uh, sophisticated hospital, um, drugs in the, you know, you have a bag of intravenous drugs. They're not mixed up by a person. They're mixed up by a robot. And mm. so, and the robots are great, very accurate, but you, you can, you can imagine, and I've never heard of this happening, but you can imagine somebody could alter what the robot was putting in that bag. And, and then blame the robot. Uh, well, then nobody knows. Uh, could blame the robot. Nobody knows what happened. And it might contain a medication that you're, you have a known severe allergy to or, or lots of different things. I won't, I won't give away any of the, uh, uh, and you could have bad doctors it. too. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't know uh, if you've read this part of the book, but there have there's a history of uh, of doctors and nurses and other people who um, intentionally killed people, and mm-hmm. they they did it in various ways, and many of them had this sort of godlike complex that I'm doing it for their own good. That's kind of hard for me to understand. It's creepy. It is. Uh, like- so. I tried to wrap all those thoughts into if, if, if I was, uh, trying to keep somebody up at night worried about their, uh, what happens when they go to the hospital, what would I say happened? So it's some combination of that. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, it's going to the epitome of like what you, you know, you know, you want to go there in your brain as a reader and you want that. But you know it's going to freak you out. But you, you know, it's like why we watch horror movies, right? Right. You, it's that same thing. What is it in us? I mean, you're a doctor. Why do we want this? <laughs> to right. Because remember why we have life way better than what we think. You know. <laughs> right. You well, know? It's, I, I, I think of it as sort of a um, very sophisticated approach to what was uh, the first medical thriller I read was Coma, uh, written by Robert yeah. Cook, and there's a oh. movie made of Coma. And mm-hmm. you know, the idea is they were putting in a gas in the operating room that would um, would basically make people brain dead. And they were doing that so they could harvest their organs uh, for transplants. And, you know, that that was quite primitive compared the, the, the method for doing that was prim- primitive compared to what you can you could do today with artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. You could also get people back on addictions that they were escaping. Yeah. I, well, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, I was thinking about that. It's like, you're fine. Have some more morphine or fentanyl. You know, we've got to think right. about all these drugs out there now that are so freaky. And when I think about records, it's it could be a way of like, you know, how people 
steal people's social security cards that are dead, dead people. Like people dig up graves and do all kinds of weird stuff out of that stuff, but just to get drugs. Right. Or get their social security money. Right. But now, like when you think about hospitals do get attacks, those ransom attacks, um, corporations do. And I wonder about this. We, we keep hearing about like the grid going down. So this could get into like international warfare in, in a way with people's medical records. Um, famous, not famous, right? Everybody wants to know, Oh, what's, what, what did that person really take? But if someone stole that information, could they in a way use that to get drugs that they're not supposed to have? Kind of like a drug dealer of sorts. Um, sure. I mean, there are all kinds of things that could happen because also connected, interconnected are, are uh, the pharmacies affiliated with hospitals that, that provide the drugs that you need. So it would be possible to sort of, uh, it's, there are many, many safeguards, but uh, in a, in a theoretical fictional world, it would be possible to do just that. And, and a lot of these attacks for the, the successful ransomware attacks uh, are not exclusively, but they're mainly c- coming from um, countries that have a lot of terrorist activities. Mm. So they come from Russia or Soviet Georgia or China or, um, and, and there are even some governments that uh, support this kind of um, activity over the internet and it's anonymous mm. it's a million miles away um mm. and and another another i didn't really write about this in in the novel but another potential problem with ransomware if you don't figure out how to pay off uh the they call them the the actors who are uh holding you at at uh at risk um just from a practical standpoint, now after in, in the University of Michigan, we've been using electronic medical records for uh, nearly 25 years, so um, uh, 15 years. So uh, we don't have the the hospital order sheets or the forms. I mean, they they are somewhere. Oh well, yeah. If you can imagine having to go back and where you have to somehow get an order to the pharmacy, or you have to order a MRI, or or oh wow. Uh, you know, it goes back to an era that we just don't, it would be very difficult for hospitals to handle. Wow. Wow. And and at this stage, um, we were actually having a conversation this on a, a legal show we do about what hospitals are going through, about um, just even funding, you know, nurses and people like that, ex, you know, the funding system. And I was like, well, they need money, but the hospitals need help. And they're like, well, the more you drain the hospital for, you know, hospital workers, then the more you're draining hospitals, but hospitals don't really seem to have that much funding that they need to really operate from. That's just me. I don't know much about it, but to me, it's something that, you know, some are nonprofits, some are not, it seems. And it seems like trying to get all of this to really, really work. We haven't really funded our medical system, quite frankly, doesn't seem like it to me. Right. Well, and I think I think there are two parts of that. But one part is, over the past mm-hmm. oh, five or ten years, costs have increased, and particularly post-pandemic, and and for logical reasons, um, compensation and other things have increased. But uh, but uh, what is uh, reimbursement for healthcare has just stayed flat or gone down. And in fact, that's a big national topic now: whether Medicare should continue to reduce 
the amount of reimbursement for all kinds of procedures. So there's that. And then there's, there's, um, uh, putting my, my physician hat on, um, there we, we do, we could do so much more to keep people healthy so they don't have to come in and have yeah. uh, many of these complicated or, or very dangerous procedures. So I'm hopeful that in my life we'll really start seeing, um, much, much more success in prevention. A lot, a lot of thought about prevention, but right now we don't have a great deal of success in preventing disease. Mm. Uh, our ancient cultures seem to at, at one yes. point, you know, yes. our ancient culture seemed to do that and, you know, understand the mind, body, spirit more. And now I think we just got greedy and could just grab what we want when we want without thinking. And, you know, it's like, here, have that double burger (laughs) and hope you're going to be fine. Right. You know, so it's kind of this weird thing. It's like, and did you even enjoy it while you're wolfing it down to get to your next place? You know, but I think it's I find it is what I've also heard is, you know, on the positive side of AI, can't we also find through algorithms and things um, commonalities quicker for a patient if they, you know, through scans that they're able to see something that the human eye may not even pick up because they'll find um, commonalities and things like that in, in scans. Yes. Um, well, you, you know a lot about AI and how it might be applied um, and which is not great. Really. I'm, I'm just, I, you know, we're all just reading and trying to figure it out. Like you can't ignore it. You can't, you cannot ignore it and you can't be all against it. And you can't be all for it. You have to be kind of in this middle road of going, okay, this part's bad. This part's good. How can we balance it out? And this is where I think we do need strong regulation. Yes. Honestly. Absolutely. Um, so, but I think AI has a lot of promise to, for, for example, um, whether it's looking at an image or uh, looking at trends uh, to try to see uh, and try to really individualize and personalize med- medical care. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about, we in, Healthcare have been talking about precision health for a number of years, but I think AI is going to bring that level um, to reality. And so um, take, for example, uh, there's some uh, great new drugs out for cancer, a lot of, lot of um, uh, press about these new drugs for obesity, and, uh, but they work differently in different people. And so knowing whether you, you, well, not you, whether I'm the person that um, would really benefit from one of those drugs uh, is complicated. But when you bring all the information that we have together, so we have genetic information, we have medical information, we are accumulating environmental information. Um, mm. I think that will help us be more accurate in using these, these uh, very powerful but expensive medications or procedures that we have today. Yeah, because a lot of times it used to be just, here's your pill, but it was a, across the board, like if this feels good for you, it's good for so-and-so over here. But now we're getting more localized, like and, and understanding each body is different, each environment, like you're saying, because the environment, I feel, was taken away for a long time, you know, you're, whether you're, it's just right. your home or the actual environment, <laughs> you know, do you have pollution nearby? You know, that kind of thing could be a factor of what's making someone sick and not so they may need a different dose. And that brings me to my other weird question. So going back to your book, couldn't someone get into the system and start tweaking prices and like <laughs> messing with high demand? I'm just thinking, I mean, yeah. our, our, our cost of, you know, drugs in this country is astronomical. It's insane. Yes. 
but we could, you know, we could have anonymous get in there and start messing with it. <laughs> yeah. I like that idea. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I can see that happening. And okay. you know, it could happen for the good. All of a sudden, you know, one of these drugs that costs, you know, a lot of money might suddenly become less expensive. We uh, could have a Robin Hood in there that actually does right, the positive. Right. <laughs> you know, we could have a hero. Well, with through your book, I think it's interesting because you are going there with the medical thing, like Robin Cook. You know, you're getting into that, like coma, and, and it's like, what? Have you ever watched the movie The Dentist? No, I haven't seen that. I'll have I'll have to write down. To I'm telling watch. you, it'll it'll mess you up, and you'll tell me <laughs> why did I even bring this up on here? Because, well, it's you know, there's a the there's a doctors that really abuse patients, <laughs> so this, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> but so you're getting into our psyche with that, but at the same time, there's an educational component that you don't really realize you're getting educated. Did you mean that to happen when you were writing this? Yes, uh, I, I. What I really hoped that was that, of course, people would be entertained by the novel and like reading it. Absolutely. But, um, it's a topic that it's on a topic that I'm passionate about. And it's meant to help people think about uh, their health and think about their medications. And, you know, there's, this doesn't give anything away. There's a character in the, in the book who uh, uh, seems like they should, you know, have died long ago because they smoke and they're, they have a million bad habits, but they're not. And uh, on the other hand, there are people who just have one problem and, and they, uh, they're at high risk. So trying to differentiate that. Uh, and think about how both how you can control your own health, but what you need to think about if if you um, really are having medical problems and how to go about trying to get those taken care of and prevent them from happening again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, I think our medical system, I think people need to look at it. Um, what I've seen and experienced with friends and family going through serious medical issues, like, you know, whether it's heart disease or heart attack, cancer, all of these things, right? Strokes. The worst thing is actually the industry itself and having to manip- not manipulate, but, you know, actually everything moves so fast and the person you're trying to help or caring for, it's like a blur and there's fear. There's so much real fear factor. And I think that's why another part of your book is there's this, all these mysteries going on and there's the fear factor and we all love the fear factor. We are weird human creatures of fear, I suppose, but, but there's that fear, but understanding how the system works and the insurance and all of that. It's like, I always tell people you, anything that happens, record it. We can record it on your phone, whether it's video or audio record it. So you can listen back because things happen fast in doctor's offices when you're signing forms, not understanding what the forms mean. I think, we, we, I'm hoping that through AI, maybe some of that will help. I don't know, but it's, it's, it's almost the system itself is really harder for patients to navigate than actually having the disease sometimes. It is. And, and one thing we're trying to do. So, so one thing that's really great about uh, like electronic health records is that you can look up your own health record. So Epic, which exactly. is a common system that's used across the United States, you can, um, look, you know, usually the same day and see what the, the physician was thinking about, what medications they're thinking about or what therapies they're thinking about. And, uh, so that's helpful. One thing I hope that we're, we're just, uh, early on 
looking into, as, as are many different hospitals across the United States, could that be connected to AI in a safe way that you, you can click and it's better than going to Google. So I don't know if you've played around with AI, but you know, I, I love using, uh, uh, GPT-4, uh, <laughs> one of the chat GPT, GPTs. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll, uh, I, I have to keep up on, uh, uh, continuing medical education and maintenance of certification. And so I got a little behind. And so I, I was trying to keep up on these things. And you take all these test questions. And I thought, well, I'll just see how good uh, chat GPT is. And it's actually quite good, but it's not perfect. So you can't really go and look up everything uh, right now. But I think it will improve. And mm-hmm. then uh, I think if you, um, you know, if you record it and your uh, care provider says uh, you need to think about uh, some difficult to pronounce medication, you could actually look at that and it's in these are written in layman's terms. And so uh, I think they'll be very helpful. Yeah, I think that is a huge thing. And I, and actually it's true when you're talking about, you know, being able to go online now, because back in the day, it's like you could see a doctor over here and a doctor over there and you, you go to a pharmacist and you're taking gazillion drugs that maybe not, don't even, that happened to my grandfather. And he was on like a list of medications that made him not, he could barely walk, but he could pick up a couch and throw it across the room because they <laughs> gave him all kinds of steroids and, all, you know, right. and um, it's interesting going even cardio. He was actually, um because of his emphysema and um, they, they rocked him back and forth using also um, acupuncture, acupressure to acupressure. Yes. Yeah. And they, he was actually on TV with it. it was one of the first surgeries where they did it while he was moving. It's crazy. Oh, really? Wow. Haven't we changed in life? I mean, does that still happen? Do people, um, I mean, is that ever still used? Uh, it's used, uh, vir- virtually everything oh. you can think of is used. But yes, comparing it to, um, comparing what we can do today uh, to make people feel better and save lives compared to when I started in medicine uh, 35 years ago, just night and day difference. Yeah, and it is, it is. Well, I appreciate your writing. I hope you're going to do another one, Dr. Runge. Well, I'm working on one. So um, this one has to do with with aging and, uh, you know, the concept of uh, regeneration. So you you may know or uh, may not, there are now several really uh, pretty outstanding biotech companies that are looking at uh, ways to slow or even prevent aging or you know, in, in in the most fanciful ways to reverse aging. So there are mm-hmm. factors that have been uh, discovered that seem to be related to aging. Um, and uh, they're trying to understand how to, um, how to harness the power of those factors. So those factors tell this, they're not telling you or your body to do anything. They're affecting these pathways, these chemical pathways. And um, sorry. Um, and um uh, they um so so for example um there's a there's a uh a, a, a group of factors that can affect you uh that goes by the name of um, epigenetics have you heard of epigenetics no so the idea is that uh your genetics are really important but uh you need to think about it with the environment and so mm-hmm. a a common Maybe the best example of epigenetics is identical twins. And so if you take identical twins, 
they're impacted by their environment. And so although they have a lot of commonalities, it may be that, um, uh, you know, one turns out to really have quite different views of life or features or um, even intelligence, depending on uh, what kind of lives mm-hmm. they live. So, so that's an example. But there are many medical examples also uh, of the potential role that epigenetics may play in aging. And hmm. they, it is also genetic material. So it's, it's transferable. Uh, so. Uh, oh, that's now you're, that's, that's some creepy. That's, that can be weird because you could move. Oh man. So what about with that longevity and the age, the anti-aging thing? Does that go with chelation therapy? Like, oh, that's a great question. So, uh, chelation therapy, uh, should, you know, it makes all the sense in the world. But it rarely works very well. Uh, it does work in an occasional person. You know, the idea of uh, chelating is basically uh, removing you're swapping, your, you're swapping your blood, right? Yes, yes, and and removing toxic substances from your blood. Um, and I think the the biggest uh, uh, challenge with chelation therapy is uh, to make that work. You'd have to have your blood being exchanged all the time because you get it all cleaned up, just like you know, I could go drink nothing but juice until Monday and I'd be in a lot better shape probably Monday than today. Uh, mm-hmm. Although that your hamburger sounded pretty good a little while ago, you were talking I know, about. I'm starting to think of that. That's weird. Let's <laughs> but, talk about blood and let's have a hamburger. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but to, to really see that value, you have to do it all. You have to, you'd have to have the collation uh, cycle going all the time. I see that I've, I know people have done it and I was like, okay, they're feeling great. And then, like, how long are you going to do this for? You know, it's like, you can't, yeah, it is about what you're saying about prevention, right? Um, but I know that they've swapped blood out. I think Ayurveda does that where they swap your blood or wasn't that, yes. oh, that's leeches going to suck your blood. It's the African queen movie. So. Yeah. You know, leeches <laughs> until recently, honestly, until recently, leeches were used because they contain a substance that's an anticoagulant and they also contain growth factor substances. So, um, Chelation therapy, uh, no, sorry, uh, leeches, medicinal leeches have been used until probably 10 years ago for healing um, uh, skin transplants uh, because they, if you can imagine having those got off you, You've leeches. got to put, I, I have done that. I went into a pond for a dog because somebody dared me. They're like, yeah. well, how much do you really love the dog? Because it's full of leeches. And so I did. And then I ran out of that so fast when there's no, <laughs> heck no, 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 no. And so I think somehow you have to put leeches in a book. I'm sorry, uh, but I want I'm, the leeches in there. I think that would be kind of like leeches versus the robots. Well, and, oh, this, Lisa, I, I may have to call you up and get some ideas because <laughs> you can think of having uh, genetically engineered leeches that may put good things or bad things in. Oh, boy. See, that's it. it it's whoever is controlling the robot. That's right. And and when someone hijacks it, AI, non-AI, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is what it is, right? It's like somebody putting on, you know, you know, becoming a doctor just by putting their coat on and, you know, having a similar look and going in and swapping. Next thing you know, we're going to be start talking about how people swap people's faces around. So, <laughs> oh boy, now we're going to holograms too. All right, you've you've successfully freaked me out and made me also think about you know prevention because now I don't want to have to go to the doctor. No, no, I'm so, no, but I think it's good for people to kind of really 
embrace that. And, and I think through thrillers, it is entertainment, you know? So yeah. good stuff. That's I'm glad you're going to continue writing because I think you're fantastic. I was just, you got me immediately and your characters are strong. Very, very Thank strong. Thank you so much. Well, as I said, uh, I had a lot of uh, really wonderful people, friends and others who provided advice all along the way. So uh, mm. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, I've, I've, I've got all my information together uh, about this uh, uh, novel on uh, on aging, uh, So, but I haven't started writing. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, don't forget to stop for a hamburger once in a while. The hamburger and the leeches. And the leeches. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Again, uh, the book is called Coded to Kill, and it's by Dr. Marshall Runge, and that's R-U-N-G-E. So uh, go get his book now on all the different websites that you can buy him, or how about going to a bookstore? And if it's not there, just ask them to order it, like a good, old-fashioned, real yeah. bookstore. We like those. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Really a pleasure getting to uh, speak to you, and thanks so much. You too. You too. I learned a lot. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com.